0: Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the show. Really nice to see you today. And uh, we've got a really good uh, show today, and it's titled How Successful Engineers Become Great Business Leaders. And my guest for the show is Paul Rolkins. But who is Paul Rolkins? Let me give you a quick introduction to Paul. I'm going to run a small video. Originally trained as a chemical engineer, Paul's work is based on deep knowledge and extensive experience in the practical business applications of behavioral psychology, neuroscience and especially common sense. Paul is an award winning professional speaker, author and a trusted boardroom advisor who's helped thousands of business owners, professionals and executives get everything they can out of everything they have. Paul's TED Talks have been watched by more than 4 million people. His ideas to improve results and accelerate careers are often described as thought-provoking and counter-intuitive, yet highly effective. Companies like McKinsey, KPMG, ExxonMobil, Novartis, Uber, Johnson & Johnson and many more work with Paul Rolkins to raise the bar and quickly bring results to the next level. His clients call his keynotes both substantive and hilarious. Well, that might also be because Paul once trained as a stand-up comedian, receiving critical acclaim for his Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonation. However, the miserable failure of his ensuing pumping iron muscle development and project prevented him from pursuing his true calling in life, a career as a credible Arnold Schwarzenegger body double. Welcome to the show, Paul Rolkins. Paul Rulkins, welcome to the show. How are you today, Paul? Doing good, Sonny. Great to <laughs> be here. I think somewhere along the line before the show ends, you're going to have to do me your Arnie impression. I think.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I need some work for that one, but we can make something.
0: Else. <laughs> My son also does a great Arnie impression. I think we'll compare the two, see which one's the better one. So, look, I'm really, I'm really pleased you could join us on the show today. And as I, as I, well. As I alluded to, the show title is How Successful Engineers Become Great Business Leaders. In fact, you've written a very good book along that. Thank you for this. Um, I'm fascinated by the subject because like you, I'm a chemical engineer, so I want to learn more and you know, dive in a little bit into some of the thinking behind this. But let me start first, Paul, with what made you, what inspired you to write this book, especially you know, how successful engineers become great business leaders. What, what got you motivated?
1: Well, what got me motivated is uh, my expertise is high performance, uh, which is about how to achieve big goals with the least amount of effort. And um, the thing is, if I look at my own work, my own life, but also working, working with some of my clients, many of them are engineers. And at a certain point in time, it was a couple of years ago, i realized this is an interesting subject let's codify uh, how to do exactly that so let's codify how how i have done it how others have done it how they have improved or accelerated their career so it is it's a bit autobiographical but it's also working with clients uh, giving me some input on the, on making it happen so that was one reason the second reason was uh, out of deep frustration and the deep frustration was that um, uh, when i when i was developing as an engineer uh, what what people told me is if you want to grow as an engineer, you need to build soft skills. Right? Soft skills are very important. <laughs> and at a certain point in my time, I realized that is not the way to uh, to advance your career, <laughs> because if you try to build soft skills to someone who's strong in other other areas, you you end up with an HR professional. Uh, which, which, is not, which is not a way to, to become uh, better at, uh, at at business leadership. Mm-hmm. So it's also a, the, opposite, the opposite side, a counterintuitive uh, approach to, uh, to accelerating what's green. Mm-hmm.
0: But what, I mean, engineers come in all shapes and sizes, don't they? And they're, they're, there's vast, well, there's quite a range of engineering disciplines. How would you define a successful engineer then? Before we start talking about being great business leaders, what is a successful engineer?
1: Yeah, to me, the successful engineer is uh, is someone who is very good at what what he or she is doing, the role in an organization, and that's that's a more general statement. Uh, he is more he is more granular statement. Uh, for me, a successful engineer is uh, someone who is uh, able to transform his or work his or her work into uh, giving what people want to giving what people need. Mm-hmm. So it's not all only solving the problem that people want you to solve problem, but also anticipate uh, issues and and solve and solve bigger issues uh, with the skill sets and the talented engineers typically have mm-hmm. so they're not reactive they're very proactive in in creating value in the organization mm-hmm. so that would be typically a successful engineer in my eyes
0: mm. so i mean when i when i thought about the show with you i was thinking about the the 6 w's or some call it the 5 5 w's and one h We know about the who, we know about the when, we know about the where, okay? But we started the conversations with uh, why, you know, why did you do this particular topic? Why did you set off on it? You said some of it was born out of frustration. I think a lot of, I think a fellow engineer on this side would also understand that very much so. But in terms of why, I mean, I'd like to ask another question in the sense that, don't you feel engineers are comfortable in doing what they're doing in terms of, well, scientific application. Do you think everybody, all these engineers or engineers really are going to step up to being a leader before we can talk about even being a great business leader? Some of them like to stick where they are, don't they?
1: Oh, absolutely. The, the thing is, this, uh, this book is written for people who want to explore the opportunity of uh, expanding uh, their thinking, expanding their work into, uh, into leadership. Right. And there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with engineers who like to specialize and, and work on the engineering things. Uh, it It creates great value, but this book is written for those who say let 's let 's expand horizon and see if we can jump to a different level or another level mm-hmm. in an organization using the strengths which I have uh, as an as an engineer mm-hmm. uh, so the point is not that every engineer should become a business leader uh, that 's up to them where 's your passion where's your where 's your where's your, uh, where's your interest uh, the point the point of the book is if you decide to do that uh, what is a fast way what are some best practices in order to make that happen is there a method to the madness and uh, I believe there is so this book was written uh, as as, a, as codifying that experience codifying that approach that approach.
0: Well, as you know, we have live chat and we get folks coming in with thoughts and comments and questions. I just want to pick a few up while we can. Firstly, Mal, nice to see you, Mal. I got your message. Uh, I just literally went on air with Paul. Jorge is saying hello. So Jorge and Mal are part of the stream team. It's so nice to see them on here. Vince is a, a very, um, is very big supporter of the show, and he's reminding us of something which I also want to talk about a little bit in, later into the show, uh, April the 20th. But Vince has asked a question or maybe a comment. He "says engineers were always the most senior leaders and managers across business and industry. From the 1980s onwards, that evolved over to financial professions used to extract wealth from great companies and businesses. The next generation, of the world's business leaders, will be those with expertise in data. Oh, that's an interesting comment, isn't it, Paul? What do you think? Oh, absolutely.
1: Uh, historically speaking, that is simply what engineers uh, did. Many, many engineers in the past, they were business leaders. Uh, currently, if you look at the uh, at the, the big businesses, uh, about twenty-five or thirty percent. Uh, uh, of of CEOs uh, they have an engineering background, and mm-hmm. so they are still heavily involved into into business leadership mm-hmm. now if i if I look at the leadership of the future uh, I think the leadership of future will tie in nicely to typically strength that engineers have
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, if you talk uh, about strength of the engineers and and I talked about that in the book uh, yeah. typically i look at three things uh, which is they are reality based uh, they have focus on reality the second thing is uh, they are process thinkers. Uh, there's a method to the madness. So what's the process of getting consistent and um, uh, and uh, and good results? And the third thing, the third thing they have, uh, they are accelerated learners. <laughs> and that's an interesting one, because typically in the engineering pro- profession, what you see is that many engineers, uh, once they become an engineer, they adopt a different, uh, a different mindset or they are interested in different expertise. That's why engineers sometimes become lawyers. Mm-hmm. Or they become sales, uh, sales managers because they 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 know how to learn quickly. Um the other way around is very difficult. I've never met a lawyer who once uh, he or she became a lawyer, then became an engineer. So the other way around is, very, is much more difficult than yeah. an engineer going to a different profession. Mm.
0: They'd have to take a pay cut, though. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is- <laughs> uh, engineers always complain they're never paid enough, are they? <laughs> um, now, I, I, what I want to also ask you is that when we, when we talk about engineers and we talk about going to business leaders and so on, What you mentioned the 30 percent there, for example, that's from the Forbes survey, which you've mentioned in the book. And also in the book, you talked about the three the three facets as well. There are lots of good things in the book, especially when you talk about Einstein's um, the Einstein paradox. You know, I think that's fascinating. about the exam and changing the exam and so on. Um, But we, as engineers, we tend to use some expressions which are almost like, I don't know, it's ingrained, you know, like design it or build it and they will come. And I was so pleased to see that in your book as well. But what is it, what are the qualities then of a engineer, be successful or not a successful engineer, what are the qualities that make them great business leaders? We'll go into the how, but what is it that will make them great business leaders? The the uh,
1: I think I think if you talk about qualities, uh, it's also important to discuss the mindsets there. And uh, there are a couple of mindsets which will help enormously. Uh, the first mindset is to build on strength, and uh, the reason is actually very simple: uh, it's much easier to become ten times stronger in the stuff you are already strong at than try to improve by ten percent in the stuff you're weak at. Right? Uh, so so that's also my philosophy and always. When I work with clients, I work with organizations, I say focus on your strength, eh? because if you try to compensate your weaknesses and you spend your entire life on trying to compensate your weaknesses, you end up with a large set of strong weaknesses. Eh? and It's not a recipe for high performance. So that's, that's, I think, a very important mindset. and that's number one.
0: Here's
1: mindset number two. Uh, mindset number two is using these strengths to shift your thinking, shift your focus from working in the business to working on the business. And working in the business means becoming better and better at a thing you are already very good at, huh, like solving problems. Working on the business is about building the business of the future. Uh, and there, there are three components in, in business, huh, which, which is about the future, which is marketing, which is innovation, which is strategy. Huh? So the more you can shift your work to marketing, innovation, strategy, uh, the faster you can become business leader because it expands your thinking. So I think that's a that's the second mindset, mm-hmm. and the third mindset uh, is to uh, uh, is to uh, look at your behaviors, mm. and uh, uh, the trick is uh, to take out those behaviors which mask your strength. Uh, so it's not about building new behaviors, but it's about getting rid of the behaviors uh, which will not help you <laughs> to take the next step. Uh, for example, uh, if you um, uh, and one of the concepts I was talking about is in this in this book. Uh, one of the one of the strength of engineers, we are process thinkers. Now, one of the behaviors, the extreme behavior, is a concept we call lost in logic. Right? In other words, yeah. uh, we talk to people, we always do the logical stuff, and we make logical cases. And the thing is that when people are not convinced, we apply more logic, right? Uh, but at that point, it's no longer a logical discussion. You need to apply a different set of behaviors, a different side of uh, rationale or argumentation. For example. Uh, you need to give options, or you need to give guarantees, or perhaps you need to uh, give referrals in order to persuade people. So uh, it's not about building new behaviors, but it's about getting rid of behaviors which will mask your strength. And that's what I'm talking about in the book. And it's a, a third, very important mindset if mm-hmm. you want to become a business leader.
0: Mal's hmm. come in with a with a uh, comment here. He says qualities are surely the ability to adapt and overcome. Tweaking the mindset to fit with the ever-evolving technology development. Yeah, what, what do you think about that, Paul? Uh,
1: yeah, I think that's a, that's a very good approach. Uh, the, the last one, is, it's, it's about adapting to evolving technology. It's connected to accelerated learning. Uh, so if technology is, is moving ahead, what is that you do to accelerate your learning, your understanding of the technology? The first one, uh, adaptation and agility, uh, that has got something to do with the fact that uh, agility comes when you take stuff out, when you uh, make yourself more robust by taking fragility out. Mm. And fragility, for example, is in behavior to mask your strength. You know? mm. So if you want to adapt and become more agile, this is the way to do it, taking stif- stuff out. And I, I talk about it in that book, uh, and I call this strategic quitting. Uh, you have to let go in order to reach out. Because yeah. Uh, first, you let go and then you release the time and the energy and the money to do different things. So it's an essential part to be adaptable and agile and never yeah. change environment.
0: Yeah. Um, Tim has actually pipped me to the post on this question. Um, Tim Ingram, nice to uh, get your uh, input on this, Tim, on the show. And Tim says, do you have a definition for a great business leader that we talked about before we came on? Air. I was going to ask you this question. So thanks, Tim.
1: Yeah, the, for me, a great business leader is uh, a leader who's able to consistently, with, with his team, with the organization, to consistently uh, achieve worthy goals. Mm. That's a really great idea. Great so it's about consistency. So it's not one on off, yeah, but it's consistent. There's a method to the madness. And the second thing, it must be about worthy goals. Now, worthy can be a broad definition. Uh, for some, a goal can be, uh, can be market share, others can be. Uh, can be a sustainability goal, others can be a safety goal, but it must be about worthy goals, uh, worth, uh, goals which are worth pursuing. Uh, so, exactly. so these two components for me make great business leaders.
0: So consistency, goal-orientated, yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah. And then inspire
1: others to uh, to make it happen, right? because the leader, leader in the end <laughs> creates a success environment for others to make this happen. Uh, leader so, in a, yeah. Yeah.
0: a leader in a vacuum is not much use, uh, really. Uh, no has
1: so con- been achieved in isolation,'m sorry
0: <laughs> exactly, so consistency, worthy goals, and energizing people are really the keys for a, a great business leader. Have you come across any bad business leaders without naming names and were they engineers
1: uh, uh yes and yes <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and let me uh, let, let me uh, let me talk about a couple of bad business leaders but but more in general terms uh here's a bad business leader uh, a bad business leader uh for example, and that's what i find find many times uh they confuse skill with luck uh and and that's a very important thing eh? because if you look at achievement is a combination of skill and luck, right you need skill, you need luck yeah and typically in a bad business leader uh whenever things are going well, then it's of course because of the strategy, the execution and the excellent role modeling. And when things go bad, it is uh, brexit, it is the pandemic, et etc et etc et etc yeah? so so what it means is that all good things are because of skill and all bad things are because of bad luck right now and this is typically bad leadership eh? because uh, it means you're not consistent eh? so that's uh, that's one thing that's one thing. Uh, another thing uh, which I see uh, bad leaders uh, is that they are um, uh, they are leaders in spite of toxic behavior mm-hmm. uh, in spite of toxic behavior. And uh, uh, I, I give you uh, one example of toxic behavior, and I talk about it in the book as well. It's a behavior. It's called landing with skill. Landing with skill, and that's connected to pilots. Hey, if you are a pilot and you are able to land a plane, but you are so clumsy that all uh, all passengers are nauseous, <laughs> and then you have landed the plane, but it's not really skill, right? And that's very important for a leader to be able to land with skill, uh, being, you know, not to be surrounded by by people who have nausea, right? So it's very important behavior to do uh, to do both landing and make people happy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's what I see. Yeah, Tim. Tim's actually mirrored your comments. says yes and yes from me too as well. Uh, Ali Riza from Iran, nice to see you as well. And if, you, if anyone on live chat, this is a great opportunity to quiz Paul. He's got a vast amount of experience in this area. I'm sure he'll be more than forthcoming with his thoughts on this. Now, um, talking about serendipity and about fortune and good luck and so on, do you not think that there are, uh, there's a big hand in terms of luck because, as someone said earlier, uh, we tend to now look at leaders coming from a financial background. You know, the Forbes one, which said 30%, I don't know how relevant that is now because now when I look at clients, a lot of the makeup at the C suite level tend to be from a financial background and yeah. maybe it will go to a data background. Do you think the era for, engineers to become great business leaders or the opportunities are much less now?
1: Uh, I think actually they are much more. And the reason that I think they are much more is the following. Uh, First of all, what we see is that, and especially what the pandemic has shown, uh, is that uh, businesses are much more fragile than originally thought. Uh, In other words, you need to create robustness and for that, uh, there's a method to the madness. And this is simply what engineers can do in process thinking uh, and creating agility. So that's that's reason number one. Uh, here's reason here's reason number two uh, that the the change in technology is, is accelerating. And in order to adapt to technology, it's not enough to understand technology is there. It's also you need to understand the basics of the technology, and you need to be able to uh, quickly adopt and learn new technology and how to apply that in the business. Uh, otherwise, you're you're not a a useful a useful business partner if right? you cannot talk about subjects. Uh, Which are going on in technology. It's very difficult to lead an organization. So I I think that's the uh, that's the That's the second one. And the third one is the reality principle. And uh, uh, what 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 I see uh, is that there's a huge gap, a huge opportunity for engineers uh, to uh, bring substance uh, to businesses. Uh, Too many times I've seen a lot of symbolism, a lot of symbolic actions, symbolic initiatives. Uh, where if you if you look at the details, if <laughs> you dive deep down, and we are based in reality, we engineers, and we say it's not going to work, it's never going to work. So it is what we are doing here is nonsense. So let's shift our direction. And I think that message is going to resonate more and more and more in a business environment, which is uh, which which based <laughs> is rapidly changing. So those are the three reasons I think that engineers uh, will have much. Uh, a bigger, bigger, see, bigger, bigger impact in the C-suite uh, in the future than they have right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, uh, as an example of uh, a transition from an engineer to someone who's been hugely successful, certainly from a UK perspective, is uh, is Jim Ratcliffe, who's the owner of uh, Ineos. You know, mm-hmm. he started off humble chemical engineer working. For, I don't know if he was so humble. I think he was one of these guys with a huge brain anyway, uh, working for BP, I think, in Grangemouth and progressed to the point where he's now, well, I think he's the richest man in the UK, probably arguably one of them in the world. But let, let, me, let me say that my experience is uh, being on the side where I've had leaders coming from all sorts of backgrounds is I think with an, a successful engineer who becomes a great business leader I find I can have a conversation that's more meaningful I can have a conversation about something to do with my line of work which is risk and safety management to the point where they understand qualitative risk analysis they, they may have a propensity to sort of get into the minutia of detail maybe more than what they should do because that's a love affair that they had with it but there is certainly more opportunities for conversation but there are some who've also been very bad because they've been suffering from paralysis by analysis you know yeah. they they just cannot see the wood for the trees they've stepped into this managerial position and they, they find it very difficult, like a fish out of water. So that's just my take. But let's let's take some more chats on here. Um, Vin says, "We hope Paul is right about engineers reclaiming their rightful spot as top leaders of business and industry." Oh, this is a good point. The UK's utility assets are generally in a dreadful state, being sweated to a standstill to gouge cash by the financial leaders. Now, in the UK, as you as you as you well know, Paul is that the uh, the manufacturing sector is. Well, non-existent to a large extent yes. um where where are we going to get these successful engineers from then if we're going to actually survive uh and go into this uh, leadership roles it seems it seems quite like a a bucket that's slowly emptying
1: uh well, well here's the thing it, it, it it's a chicken and egg uh, issue huh? if you see engineers moving into into uh into uh, leadership roles you will automatically start to attract people who want to learn more about engineering. Hey, this is a great career path. This is a great background, a great a solid foundation uh, to uh, to move to move into into uh, into society. So there's a bit of a chicken chicken and egg thing. Uh, I think uh, I think that the vacuum will quickly solve itself. Talented people who like engineering, who have talent to become an engineer, they will find the engineering solutions, or they find the engineering uh, university, or uh, the education they' interesting, so they they will follow it
0: yeah.
1: and so it it might be it might take some time uh, it's not immediately solved but it it creates a vacuum and nature upholds a vacuum so I yeah. expect that uh, that people will jump into that uh, quickly yeah, yeah. Uh, in doing that role. The trick for us as an engineer uh, for me as an engineer is uh, also to uh, uh to be very clear that an engineering uh, career is uh, doesn't necessarily have to be. Being a specialist in a silo, it can be a very broad career with a broad foundation. So it gives you a lot of options and optionality is the key to an agile, agile organization and your individual. So engineers is really optional and gives you a lot of optionalities um a career. So that's very helpful.
0: Mm. I mean, I, I I'm, of course, a, a, an avid, I'm a big advocate of what you're saying, because from my own experience, as a chemical engineer, I went through a process of learning where I spent time with mechanical, civil, electrical, all the various disciplines. And because I was in a oil and gas or manufacturing sector, I could have a reasonable conversation with them. And as, as I stepped myself into leadership positions, I found it was initially difficult to let go because you you did get down in the weeds with things but you do learn after a while that that is not your job your job is to make sure the people who are doing those jobs are also delivering it you know to the necessary requirements um is a reverse true do great business leaders suddenly wake up one day and say you know i'm going to be a successful engineer
1: (laughs) i i i don't have any examples of that one Mm. Uh, so so i i uh, I think the engineering is uh, an, an engineering education is a, uh, a basis to take the next step. What I do say is that successful business leaders never stop learning. Uh, so, so perhaps uh, uh, certain part of the engineering or the technology uh, they they will embrace, they will adopt adopt even in their busy schedule, uh, in order to 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 have a conversation with others. Otherwise, they are clueless and huh? they are in the dark. So that's that's the part which I see happening. Mm. Uh, that they are interested in parts of uh, parts of typically what engineers uh, know and understand and uh, and really have been educated.
0: It's. Um Every time you get a few chemical engineers together, they have a structured, process orientated conversation. Absolutely. And uh, we yeah, absolutely. You know, we talked about the why. You know, why you wrote the book, and why people, you know, engineers want to successful engineers want to become great business leaders. We've touched a little bit about what. You know, what what are the sort of uh, requirements, etc. I'd like to dive into the how piece. And before we do that, I just want to take a comment coming from Tim, and then I want to break away for just one minute. Because there's something, there's a little segment that I just want to do, which is very important. Then we'll come back and we'll talk about the how piece, you know, how do successful engineers transition and become great business leaders? So first, let's take this comment from Tim and Tim saying technical solutions are one thing, but leadership skills are quite another. And I believe leadership should be considered as a competence very bit as much or even more so than the technical skills. Tim, you, I, think, I think we're living parallel lives because that, that is on my mind as well. And I'm going to let uh, Paul have a few words on this and then we'll talk about it afterwards when we come back. Paul, just some thoughts on that before we take that little mini break.
1: Yeah, I think, I think that this is an interesting observation. Uh, here's the thing. When, when I started my corporate career after being an engineer, uh, I love to do what engineers love to do, which is to solve problems which do not talk back and that was my hobby. And after a couple of years, I realized what has got me here will no longer get you there. Uh, If you want to have results you've never had before, you need to start doing things you've never done before. And then all of a sudden you start to be uh, interested, I started to be interested in in the field of high performance and the field of leadership. You can translate it into leadership as well. And that's where you find the method to the madness. So it requires a different behavioral set, a different skill set. On the other hand, the foundation of the engineering the skill set of the engineering the process thinking the method to the manager, reality based and advanced learning will greatly help you to uh, to rapidly build that
0: mm-hmm. excellent now we have some some more comments coming so from gabriella and from vince but before we go into that we've just hit the halfway point i just want to run this very with your permission please Paul, very quick short right. video uh which i want to share uh it's a very important subject so folks just give me just one minute of your time, please. I just need one minute of your time. In 1989, the American Federation of Labor and Congress of Industrial Organizations declared April the 28th as Workers' Memorial Day. Workers' Memorial Day is now an international day of remembrance of workers killed in incidents at work or by diseases caused by work. Now the Lay Hazards campaigner, Tommy Hart, brought Workers Memorial Day to the UK in 1992 as a day to remember the dead and fight for the living. So celebrated every April the 28th, the World Day for Safety and Health at Work is now UN International Day for focusing on safe work, awareness and consequences of work-related accidents and diseases. Let's take some time out today April the 28th, and pay our respect to the hundreds of thousands of working people killed and injured on the job every year. Remember the dead, fight for the living. Thank you. Paul, thank you for giving me the opportunity for playing that. In some parts of the world, it's already April the 28th, and as we head towards that by midnight in the UK, let's all take some time out tomorrow to remember the dead and fight for the living. Let's go back to some of the chats that we've been having. And uh, Gabriela says engineers understand shop floor and this is a great opportunity to develop leadership skills. There's a divide, isn't there? When, you, when, when someone comes from a certain background where they're really interested in the bottom line, there is a tendency for a disconnect with what's happening with the shop floor. And I guess what Gabriella is saying there is that engineers do understand that uh, background. Is that your experience as well, Paul?
1: Yeah, it's my experience as well. It's very difficult to um, uh, to be successful as an engineer if, if there's a disconnect with with, for instance, the shop floor and the place where it's going, uh, because that that's that's where people are working. That is where the data is uh, is uh, is being generated. That is where the problems need to be solved. Uh, so it's a great playground to uh, uh, to to learn to learn leadership skills and apply the skills that you have uh, that you already have. So uh, I tend to agree on that one. And the exposure to the shop floor will help.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they, they need to understand the language, don't they? The language of what, what is happening on the shop floor. Uh, Vince says 11 million workers, that's about a third of the total workforce, will be employed in precarious zero-hour contract arrangements by 2025. Wow, that's a shocking statistic. Deliveroo, let's say Uber Eats, et cetera, other than IT and bicycles. Do we need that many engineers? Oh, <laughs> that's, that's you put us on the spot, hasn't it? Hmm.
1: Yeah, <laughs> here's, my, my, here's my observation. Uh, uh, the, uh, the engineers uh, do two things. First of all, uh, they keep the machine running. Uh, they are the all-in-the-machine without the engineers. Uh, everything which we have will come to grinding halt, right? Uh, so it's a very important role that engineers play, solving problems. The other thing is they are the creators. Yeah, they create the new stuff. Uh, so it's not about what we have today. It's about what we'll have in 10 years from now. And by definition, there will be engineers involved, a lot of engineers involved to create that very future. Yeah? So I think, regardless of how the economy is developing, uh, solving problems but also creating the future uh, is a, uh, a a huge magnet for engineering talent uh, to uh, to make that happen. And it's not about not only about the basic and the foundation making it happen, but in the end also about leadership in order to execute and create it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, that's. That's pretty interesting to know that statistics and your thoughts on that. Uh, Tim, remember Tim's comment earlier, which is about the competency aspect. Uh, he's just saying it should be competency should be read as every bit as much important. We agree with that, Tim. Um, Ali Reza said, says, dear Paul, do you think there is a special qualification to say that an engineer must earn as a leader and how? Uh,
1: no, I don't think that's a qualification. Uh, it's purely, it's purely the mindset. Uh, in other words, uh, the decision to say, "Okay, let's 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 move into leadership," and right? that's that's always the first step. So it's not about qualification because you can wait 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 a lifetime for any qualification in order to that uh, brings you to the C suite. Uh, it's about taking initiative, huh? uh, uh, um, uh, working working on your business, working on your organization, uh, which will bring you one step closer to uh, to uh, to leadership and uh, uh, once you take the decision this is interesting uh, then then you're going to see opportunities in order to make that happen but that's the first step uh, taking the decision mm.
0: yeah I think I think the first step is always the hardest step and I think engineers it goes back to the conversation read about comfort zones if you've been doing engineering for a long time you you tend to stick with what you know whereas let's be honest leadership is not for everybody is it you 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 loved and hated in equal amounts probably hated more in some quarters i think um let's talk about how now which is the the crux of the whole conversation. you know just take one more comment from tim here and then we'll go into that one i want to bring comments on tim says ironically the best company leadership training i've ever received was from a company whose ceo to whom i reported as hseq director didn't allow that self same training to be applied. There is definitely the mindset piece Paul mentioned, so uh, I think yeah. we're all in agreement with that. Let's talk about how you know. So here, are, here we are, engineers. Why we know you know we're frustrated. We think we can do better. We want to step up to the plate and we want to lead, etc. How does an engineer go in that direction?
1: Uh, the 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 short answer is mechanically. Here's a long answer. Uh, There are uh, three areas you need to focus on. Uh, The first one is clarity. Uh, And clarity means you need to have goals. Uh, These are my goals. These are my short-term goals, my medium-term goals, my longer-term goals. And uh, the, the reason is actually very simple. If you do not have goals yourself, you by definition work for the goals of someone else, right? So you need to set your own goals. This is what I want to achieve. So that's one building block. Being very clear, this is what I want to achieve. The second building block is focus. And the focus is important. There are a million ways to achieve your goals, but only a few of them. They give you energy, build on your strength, are fun to do. Uh, so the trick for you is to figure out, Hey, these are the things I would like to focus on because it ties into my talent. So it ties into my skill, what I like to do. So that's focus. And then the third one, if you got clarity, if you got focus, then it's about execution, getting it done every single day. So you need op- to set up a system that every single day you take steps in order to make it happen. So clarity focus execution this is the framework uh uh which will which will uh, which will help you to to make it happen and then not not having the dream but also making it happen and uh and uh,
0: getting it done that's a pretty simple recipe so clarity have clear goals in terms of what you want to do Have some focus, some direction in terms of what you want to do and to pinch uh, David Allen's uh, famous book quote, getting things done. Yeah, just make sure you have a process for getting things done. That's that's a pretty simple equation, isn't it, to become to transition from a a successful engineer to becoming a business leader. Let's pick on the thoughts that Tim uh, made earlier about competency. Now, I'm going to open up a Pandora's box with this conversation I'm pretty sure of it because over the last week I've been talking to folks the stream team and some business leaders and we've been talking about competency interestingly enough this show was on today and my wife and I were having a conversation this morning and it just went into a conversation about leaders and I said why is it that we always blame leaders when things go wrong you know we never talk about competency. We never talk about organizational competency. We talk about people competency, right? Um, I was in Iran a long time ago, and uh, one of the uh, CEOs there said, We need to get the right people for the right job. Successful engineers, great business leaders, or successful X, doesn't matter what it is, successful financial person or whatever, becoming great business leaders. Surely the competency part is so important, isn't it? I mean, um, What's what's your thoughts on that? Should they go through some sort of a process where they are assessed for being competent, apart from being sacked for not delivering the financial results?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think competence is only part of it. Uh, there, there are there are three elements, uh, which 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 I, I call I call this the highest and best use of your time, huh? where where you are most effective, where you shine. Uh, one is you need to be competent. The second thing, you need to be passionate. And the third thing is you must create value for other people. Yeah, so yeah. those three, they come together. And once you have that, that's the highest use of time. And this is where you can make magic. Yeah, so if you talk about successful leaders, uh, they, they, uh, they, you see a couple of things there. Uh, first of all, they, I told you they, they already yeah, we discussed it earlier, we, they build on their strength. Uh, so they are not focused on compensating weaknesses. They build on their strength. On the other hand, they are very much aware of uh, some of the behaviors uh, which mask their strength to stop it. Right? This is how they grow and uh, to, to focus on those behaviors. Let's stop those behaviors which mask my strength, learning with skill and yeah, what we discussed. The, the second thing is uh, they, they uh, are very good at a couple of things where they are skilled, passionate and they create value for others. Everything else is being done by other people. Mm. Yeah. And okay. they, they they tend to have spikes uh in their in their strength, uh, certain spikes in the style. They're very good at this, very good at this, very good at this, and this is how they create massive value in that environment, in that environment. And um uh if you think about it, it's actually very uh that makes sense, huh? Because here's the thing. Uh, if you uh, if you spend your life building on your strengths, by definition, you have not spent your life on trying to compensate your weaknesses. So you got a couple of deep strength and a lot of weaknesses, a lot of weaknesses. So the idea that successful business leaders they 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 have strength in every area that's that is not true. Right? There's certain areas where you have strength, which are relevant for the organization. And here comes the next point. And the next point is uh, to choose uh, a place where they love your work. That's the trick. Uh, In other words, uh, if you look at your strength profile, uh, the highest measure of your time, what is the place that people love my work, uh, where I as a leader, if I want to become a leader, uh, where I will be valued. They love my skills. They love my talents. And the trick is to move to a place where they love your skills love your passion, love your talent. The other way around is not working. Uh, you cannot change a place where they don't value your skills, your talents, your competencies. Don't go there, move to a different place. So that's, a, that's the other mindset. Huh? If you talk about business leaders, is also moving to uh, a place where you can be successful.
0: Mm. But if, if, a, if you get a bad business leader um, and they're at the helm and they're doing their stuff, Usually they're in a position where the king of the castle, the queen of the castle, and it's very difficult to do anything about them. Um, You're stuck, basically, with what you've got. Uh, And then there's attrition. People leave the business. They move on because they can't make the change happen. Do these great do these business leaders who are not great business leaders, business leaders, get to a point where they think, you know, I'm really rubbish at this. So I'm going to go back to being my successful engineer. Do do they do they actually have that chip in the head which allows them this this sort of thought process?
1: Uh, perhaps some of them do, but uh, m- most of them th- typically uh, they they are forced out. And it's very <laughs> seldom that people uh, freely choose to uh, uh, to move because they say, well, I. I, I I, I'm incompetent here. That, that, that hardly happens. And the reason that, that it happens is uh, is it, 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 we call this the Dunning-Kruger effect. And the Dunning-Kruger effect means yeah. the less you know about the subject, the more yeah. you know about the subject. Right. Uh, so, so at a certain point in time, uh, you no longer recognize your own mistakes. And also, because oftentimes you have surrounded yourself by people who don't point out your mistakes, so you think you are king of the castle, <laughs> you're doing everything well, yeah. and that's of course a very toxic environment, and you set yourself up for massive failure. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the the success, if I talk about successful uh, business leaders, uh, it's also about inclusion and diversity. Uh, one of the themes of, of your show as well, inclusion and diversity, and uh, make sure that you don't breathe your own exhaust fumes. Uh, that's a big one. <laughs>
0: That's a great way of uh, putting it. Breathe your own exhaust fumes. I like that. Yeah. I mean the DK effect, you actually mentioned that in your book. It's it's really it's really fascinating stuff, I think. Where you can get swallowed up by your own ego, you know, and, and you and you go through this self-massaging process of there, 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 you know, you're wonderful, keep on going, and so on. Um, Vince has made a comment about leadership and management competence significantly different to engineering competency. Yeah, we know about Simon Sinek. I mean I think competency is such such an important topic. I'm not sure if we're addressing it properly. Certainly in my line of work, which is risk and safety management. You know, we, we have clients who will say, well, I want that person to be competent. I want this person to be competent. But at the same time, I'm asking the question, is the leader competent enough to understand what's going on? To be honest, Paul, I think that could be a conversation in itself, you know. Absolutely. Um, um have been saying silo mentality specific expertise as distinct from pyramid mentality over overall expertise is the downfall of many brilliant engineers when they orientate into broader leadership and management seniority. Where have you seen things go horribly wrong then in terms of leaders and uh, where engineers have transitioned to business leaders. Why have they failed? I mean, you talked about shine and you talked about being passionate and all those things. Is it is it the the negative parts of that then, or is there something very specific that causes them to not become a great business leader?
1: The, the, of course, there are many reasons why 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 people don't make don't make that make that step into into business leadership. Uh, one of the things I often see with engineers, uh, and and let me talk about silo and pyramid here. One of the things I often see with uh, with engineers here. Uh, is they uh, they fall in love with their processes instead of falling in love with results. So they, they have design process, it's such a brilliant process, eh? the silo, uh, the, the SNP, SNOP so process or the manufacturing process, that whatever it takes, the goal itself is the process. Yeah? and they are no longer open to the results, the overall results of the organization and with all the stakeholders there. And I think that's that's when you get a silo mentality. The thinking is that if I optimize my silo, if I optimize the process by definition, I optimize the entire organization, which is not necessarily true. So it's very important for, as an engineer uh, to um, uh, to to build on your strength <laughs> because you're process oriented uh, that's one of the strength but also the reality principle and make sure you got goals this is the goal for the organization this is a worthy goal for the organization what is it that i need to do in order to make progress on these goals and that might be a different answer than optimizing this process optimizing the silo and that's a risk and that's a um, uh, a pitfall mm. for the engineers mm
0: i mean the more the more i i listen to you the more i hear you talk and uh reading in here uh the more i get the feeling that the crux of it is to be human isn't it uh to to not engineers can think very scientifically and they do get into the mathematical aspects of things is it is it a, a good reason or a good argument to say well Oh, an engineer will only become a great business leader, no matter how successful they are as an engineer, only if they can transition from being scientifically minded to people minded. Is that, is that the straight line uh, between them?
1: Uh, That's there, there there, there, an interesting observation. Uh, I, I, would, I would put it in this way. Uh, you will never get the new results that you want from the behaviors that you like yeah because the results you have are connected to the behaviors that you show. Now yeah. the difference between the good leaders and the best leaders it's no longer in knowledge, or expertise, but it's in behaviors, right And this is an interesting concept also for engineers to realize, hey, uh, if I focus on the behaviors, which will bring me to the next level, <laughs> and this this will help me accelerate my career or become a business leader itself. so so that's one thing. Here's the second thing. Uh, the second thing is not to overcomplicate this. And uh, here's, here's a little exercise I always do with people when I work with people is uh, think of, of a great leader. Uh, you, you, you've been part of a team. Uh, which behaviors did this great leader show? Yeah? What, what were those behaviors? And you make a list and a five or six behaviors. And if you look at those behaviors, it's not rocket science. <laughs> I mean, it's not a brilliant thing, but these are very simple, very common sense behaviors. Now the trick is to understand common sense behaviors. Being a human being is the way to take the next step, and in order to do so, it's not about building new behaviors. It's about getting rid of behaviors that mask your strength, mm-hmm. which are toxic in an environment. Now, if you start doing that, all of a sudden this releases a lot of energy, and this will help you to take the next level uh, from uh, from a behavior point of view. So, I yeah, there's a scientific point of view. There's a method to the madness on the other hand if you if you think about your behaviors uh, then uh, then the puzzle becomes very simple
0: mm. i love your I love your comments about the toxic behaviors and in fact tim Tim has made a comment here, which is uh, some organizations recruit partially based on psychometric assessment and can end up recruiting like minded personnel but effectively preclude alternative thinking. Is this to do with confirmation bias is it where you you really um being selective in the pickings
1: uh, yeah yeah of course it is it is it is a confirmation uh, bias eh? uh, in in the end we, we like to surround ourselves with people who think like us right it's most comfortable there's no friction no conflict and this is uh, this is uh, this is how we can <laughs> how we can be on a cruise control uh, uh but but the thing is and and that's interesting um if you think about consensus for instance and always say if a team reaches consensus about difficult issues very quickly uh, then uh, the team hasn't been giving this enough thought. Yeah, so there's a big warning for a leader. Mm-hmm. Hey, my team is <laughs> moving quickly to consensus. We all think alike. <laughs> noses in the same direction. If that happens, then probably uh, you you um, uh, you, uh, uh, you you see things which uh, you don't see things which can blow things up. Now here is a practical application of that. If you want to, um, if you want to overcome this uh, technique, I always teach that to leaders as well. Uh, it's, it's, it's called a pre-mortem exercise. It's a magnificent technique uh, and a pre-mortem exercise. It's, um, it's the opposite of a post-mortem, right? A post-mortem, you look at a project, it has failed miserably. Uh, so what happened, right? That's a post-mortem pre-mortem is you start with an initiative, a project, a strategy, uh, but uh, instead of uh, uh, looking back, you look forward, three years in the future and we look back, it has failed miserably. What were the reasons that it failed? Great question to ask. And then with a small team, especially with some external experts there, uh, come back with a couple of reasons. This is reason the reason why, this is the reason why, this is the reason why. And here's the trick. Then build a system or a process to ensure that you overcome these obstacles, that you overcome these pitfalls. And that's your entire strategy.
0: Yeah,
1: so yeah. Uh, there's also a method to the madness here to use process thinking uh, to, to be much more successful in achieving your goal. <laughs> and a, a pre-mortem is a, is a great way of doing it.
0: You know, the great thing I love about doing these shows is we get fantastic guests like you that I find nearly all the time I'm coming to the same juncture in terms of information. And it's great because you're reinforcing the lessons that I've learned or things that I've learned by doing these shows. The thing you mentioned there about uh, pre-mortem. Uh, we've, we've discussed that before, and we talked about the Navy SEALs, for example, and they do things like a, a BAR, which is a before-action review, and then an AAR, which is an after-action review. And it's a very interesting point because in the safety world, we tend to get involved a lot with after-action reviews, you know, after the event. Let's have an incident. Let's have an investigation. We do do before-action reviews called risk assessments, but we if we put a lot more effort into those things i think you're absolutely right paul the the pre-mortem is a a really good uh picking point i think um mal is saying a great point paul i read today on linkedin how a md has advocated that he asks his workforce what training equipment etc do they need to succeed that's good leadership so it really is echoing everything you're saying there It's all back to communication Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Ignore your workforce shortfalls at your peril. Jeanette, who's also on our stream team, saying enjoy the conversation. Thank you. Now, can I can I ask you, Paul, before we uh, sort of um, close for the show, is give us a quick, if you can, in 60 seconds or whatever. I know you've given us lots of great information about the how and the was, but can you give us a quick 60-second sort of thought process on this, how successful engineers become great business leaders? Yeah, a couple of things are
1: important. First of all, mindsets. What has got you here will no longer get you there. The second mindset is you don't have to be sick in order to get better. So it's not a try, about trying to compensate stuff. It's about building on strength and getting rid of behaviors with master your strength. Yeah? And the third one is you will never get the new results that you want from behaviors that you like. And so it's about building new behaviors. So that's one thing then uh, the, the second part is how to make it happen look at three things uh, first of all uh, what is it that i want goals and the second thing is how to get it focus on a few things which matter and make an execution plan uh, to uh, to execute every single day and if you combine this uh, you use your strength in an environment uh, which will which will enjoy this very much because this is how you can create massive massive value uh, for your organization Uh, but the trick is you start with the mindset that you want you want to move into business leadership and using the existing strength of engineer in order to make it happen and this this is a bit the recipe the 60 second uh 60 second recipe uh if you uh, if you want to move ahead with this uh, with this concept
0: well thank you so much for that and i urge those of you who do want to transition and think about how successful engineers become great business leaders we don't do plugs normally but i will say this is a great read get it it's worth reading i love lots of things in there especially comments about build it and they will come the forbes analogy and a sort of clarity talk a lot about clarity as well um now i can't let you go without your arnie impression you know so in an arnie styley just uh, give us your Arnie style best before we, we sort of wrap up. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot now.
1: Paul. Oh, uh, absolutely sorry. The, the, uh, uh, we've been talking one hour, hand. remember, uh, this is like uh, visiting the Metropolitan Museum on Rogers Street, right? Uh, we, we've seen a Cezanne, we've seen a David, we, we've seen a Chinese Ming vase. And after one hour we are back so we, we got a feeling we, we saw the big things but of course there's a huge museum there, uh, of, of high performance high performance principles now this book is p- specifically uh, about those applying those principles as an engineer but it's of course a broader application here so here's my uh here's my <laughs> was like an impression to you if you want to talk more about what's in the museum then the Sony i'll be
0: I hope you will come back because you know you have a lot more to share with us, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to the, getting you back on the show. Maybe we can dive in a bit more actually about leadership and talk about more granularity in terms of what we can do on that. Paul Rolkins, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. If you can stay with me after the show ends, we'll just have a quick catch up. But may I say thank you so much, and folks. Remember tomorrow, April the twenty eighth is The World Safety Day and uh, stay well stay safe Paul take care and I'll catch up with you in a few minutes thank you everyone sorry great being here thank you bye for now bye bye thank you so much for stopping by and watching that live event if you want to be notified of future live events head over to our website there's a form on there hit the subscribe button and I'll update you whenever live events come up I promise you no spam And finally, we do have a YouTube channel. It's just simply Red Risks. Please subscribe and help us. Let's connect, share and learn. Thanks. Catch you on the next live event.